Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We've got a packed show today. Congratulations to Liverpool for winning the Carabao Cup. Um, they've they've beaten um, Chelsea three times in a row right now in the in the cup finals. Congratulations to Liverpool! It was a classic performance. Nobody was there. We're going to be talking on that. Uh, Man, you lost. We'll be touching on it. Arsenal two lost midweek and then they won again. We'll be touching on it. We, we have a proper title race um, in England. Seems like it's a procession right now in Italy. Four 0 that Inter just won against Lecce. We'll be touching on that. We have we have a lot of football to talk about today. It's going to be a full football show. So we'll start with the lady in the house. Um, Lisa, what's up? Yeah, fine. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> it was not really a good weekend because, <laughs> um, yeah, we lost. And it just so happens that, you know, we let, I mean, Calvin Bassi actually got his first goal and he had to be against United. I mean, that was the one that even pains me the most. But yeah, um, I'm glad that, I'm glad that, no, I'm not really glad that Liverpool won, but I mean, they put up a good fight and I, I'm i really happy that, you know, they were able to get the trophy. Yeah, and again, it's also a good weekend to be back here and to talk sports as always. All right, AY, what's up? Uh, what can I say? Congrats uh, to Liverpool. I was rooting for them because um, I think I have a soft spot for um, Georgian Cup. Even though he's not my manager, I think he's a great guy. Um, and of course, I hate Chelsea, so um, it was a good one. And uh, United, you know, being United again, uh, I don't know what the excuse is this time. There's no European football. And it's just full up. So not not a very good week for for me in the in the sporting sense. So yeah. All right. Um Alashagan. Yes, yes. I'm good. I'm good. It's good that you didn't we didn't record uh in the midweek after after Champions League, after the round of Champions League games. And we had like the weekend to, to kinda, you know, play the system and get back on track. So yeah, I'm good. Um yeah, good 2024 for Arsenal in, in the Prem. Um, we're going to get into the Champions League. But I have a bone to pick with you with in regards to, like, I saw your tweets uh, after the, the round of uh, round of 16 fixtures that you were like, oh, this and that, Arsenal have a mental block, blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah, I, I have a, I have some, some counterpoints for that, but we'll get into it. But in general, yeah, good, good, uh, good week of football. All right, all right. Let's okay. Let's start with um, congratulations to Liverpool for winning the finals. They had every everybody was out. The first team is decimated with injuries. Um, Salah is not playing. Alisson is not playing. Everybody is not playing, and yet um, Diaz is not playing. It was, of course, TA is injured. Everybody is injured, basically. And yet, at the end of the day, it was all these high school boys that, you know, dragged them at least to the extra time. VR had its own funny decisions all through the game. Van Dyke showed his class. He calmed the, the kids down. And then he was able to get the winner in the 128 minutes. Um, Lisa, what say you about that game? Yeah, um, yeah, Liverpool showed character. I'm not even going to lie. Um, yeah, so most of their players were out, and they were still. But then this is a Chelsea side that's not really that organized. Like, I know Chelsea bought a whole lot of players, but they've not really been able to. Like those players have not really found their footing. You know, they've not really settled. So yeah, I'm going to give Chelsea. You know, I mean, they got to the final anyways. Like. They were not the only ones in that competition. There were clubs like United, Arsenal, um, City. But Chelsea got to the final. I mean, they still deserve a shout. But, I, yeah, like I said, Liverpool deserved it. They, I mean, the young boys actually turned up. I wish that we could, you know, also have players like that. Maybe my coach is not ready to give those guys, um, you know, the chance to play. Maybe those guys too would probably disappoint. But these guys actually came on and they played... Like who is Dan Abidunk? What's what's that his name? I don't even know that guy. I don't even know most of 
those Liverpool players, you know, especially the ones from the academy. But they came on and they were pretty impressive. And then Van, sorry, Van Dijk actually commanded, you know, it was colossal so that um, Liverpool win today. Like, I don't know how Chelsea had so many chances, you know, playing Copama on the wings. Um, because, I mean, you can't get the best from him. Um, when he plays on the wing. And then I still questioned why he even took out Gallagher because I know he missed chances, but at the end of the day, he was still, I mean, he still mattered in that Chelsea's team at that time. I didn't see any reason bringing on, bringing on, was it Noni Madwiki, what's his name? Because <laughs> some people will say you should go and play monkey post because uh, I don't know, I question his decision making sometimes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but good one for that guy, like, the football, that guy is he's just happy to be here, man. He's just happy <laughs> to be Chelsea. Same as Mudrick. Uh, Arsenal actually dodged a bullet. I don't know, maybe maybe that guy would have worked at Arsenal, but I mean no, it's looking like Mudrick, really... I, I think I think he would have worked at Arsenal actually. I don't know, I don't know yeah, why people like, say that though. I don't like I'm not sure, but that guy is not he's not he doesn't have you know, fundamentals. You know, no wait, you know what? First yeah. things first, I, the the fee was too high. So probably Arsenal wouldn't have paid that. But no, no, we were just about to. We, I think we stopped off like I think like ten million off the the final price. Okay, but, but, but we were but, very but, close to paying. Yeah, but but you have to understand that playing with uh, confident players like Saka, Odegaard, um, um, what's the name of the Brazilian? <laughs> the 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 quick Brazilian, all of them. Martinelli. Martinelli, yeah. You can't compare his performance playing with those kind of players compared to Madweke, like you said. Madweke, even Palmer is young. Palmer is pretty young. This is Palmer's first season as a senior player. It just happens that Palmer clicked. Palmer is probably the only Chelsea player that you can say, okay, was worth maybe 40 million pounds. The rest, you can you can remove like 20, 30 million from their valuation. When you talk about people like Caicedo, uh, you can remove as high as 50 million, 60 million from their valuation. So... I think it would have been better at Arsenal. Maybe I mean it wasn't going to light up the place. Don't get me wrong, but at least it wouldn't. It would still perform. Even someone like Avets, compare how Avets was performing at Chelsea to how he's performing at Arsenal. It's not like he's lighting up the place, but you can't compare the two. You can see more contribution from him. You can see the confidence. You can see how he played mm-hmm. with the other players, but you we didn't see that at Chelsea. That's it. We didn't. So oh. the team is also important, and of course the manager. Yeah, system, of course, system. But yeah. I, I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he would have been player of the month. I'm not saying he's going to bench Martinelli or Saka. No, I'm not saying that. But it would still have been a better addition than he would have performed better than what he's showing at Chelsea. Everybody in Chelsea. Right what, now, what about Caicedo? Because Caicedo as well. I mean, it was it's no, also between Caicedo and Rice, and you know, but, the I, I, but, but I discussed this thing on the show. I told, I was it was it Ramsey I was telling then. I said, Rice is a better addition than Caicedo. I said it here at least three, four times. And he kept arguing with me. I said, Caicedo is a system player. He's not okay. going to work in a team like Chelsea unless he has someone like Rice beside him. He can't do it all alone. He's, he's very limited. But people felt he was the one that made Brighton. Yeah, oh, the guy without bro, look at Brighton. Caicedo, this guy said, No, it's, yeah, Brighton are not, it's not like they're spectacular this season. But are you are you really telling me they are worse off? They're not really worse off, they're not. And that's mm-hmm. a player you paid 130 or what did they pay for him? It's, oh, it's, it's oh, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it's a record transfer in Britain, right? So it's a lot of money for a very limited player. Age could also be a factor. I'm not saying we won't get to the Vieira level. He might still get to the Vieira level. I think it's 22, right? So he might still get there. But he's not there yet. Not there yet. And everybody kept acting like this is the new Vieira. There's no ounce of Vieira in this guy. None. Even the aggressiveness. He's just a player that rushes into tackles. Vieira made timely, intelligent tackles. He always got the occasional red card, but he made good tackles. Not just yeah, very, all over the was very technical as well. Yeah, very technical. He could move the ball forward. He's not yeah. a Vieira, but people just say things. They know, oh, it's this, it's that. Okay, yeah, we the are. The funniest thing about it. like football comparisons, I chose it like, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, everyone. I've, I've noticed that like, and this is, I think, a wider conversation, but you never really hear that a player of a certain race 
is similar to a player of, a another, player of another race. race. Yeah. Like, I don't know, yeah. you, you hear people talk about like, uh, like Pogba is like, I don't know, this is a bad example, but let's say like Pogba is like a new Makelele and it's like, like Pogba is like more like Zidane than in Makelele, for example. Yeah, but like, nobody will ever like, only... make that comparison. Yeah, because they're both black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's so lazy. It's like, how is yeah. Kaiselo the new Vera or how is yeah. this guy new this just because they have the same skin tone? Like, yeah, I don't know everything you were saying. That's what everybody was. I, I said it then that look, Rice is exactly who I needed. Exactly who I needed. Ex- I said it. Like, everybody thinks a four has to be this guy that just hounds people all over the place. It doesn't have to be so. It doesn't. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Um. I, I, in fact, the question I wanted to ask you, I, I've forgotten. So let me ask you this one. Does Klopp, is Klopp showing that, you know what, I'm better than, or uh, I can coach. As, should I say some of um some of its parts better than most people? Ancelotti seems to be in that bracket. Ancelotti has tons of ACLs. Klopp has zillion players out, and yet in this final, it was you know. Um, Lisa just said it. You were just mentioning names that nobody knows anything about, except you're like a diehard Liverpool fan. You know, you're following the academy and all that. A lot of those kids are 18, 19, 20 one or two appearances here and there, few, five, ten, you know, not nothing, nothing major. They are not moving the needle, but they showed they showed a lot of personality on that pitch that, you know, a couple of hours ago. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a lot of things. It's not just um you have to understand that Klopp has been at Liverpool for I think this is his seventh or eighth year, right? So yeah. I think nine. I think nine. Almost okay. nine. Yeah. Okay, so you have a you have a situation where this manager has been here for close to a decade. He has had an influence on recruitment to the first team, influence on recruitment on uh scouting for the youth teams. And all these teams are gonna probably play the same system. So even if he doesn't have his starting his original starting eleven, whoever is coming in knows how to play for club already. You get what I'm saying? It might not be as good as who is replacing. Don't get me wrong. It might get there and not do the kind of job Salah is going to do or Salah would have done, rather. Or the kind of job uh, Van Dijk would have done or the kind of job Alexander Arnold would have, uh, would have done. But as you can see, you have a situation in Liverpool right now where, you know, Alexander Arnold is injured, right? <laughs> and what, what, what has happened? The, the, the replacement, a kid called Bradley, Conor Bradley, has done very well because he already knows what is expected of him coming from the U team. And that is because club's influence, it, it stretches beyond just the, the senior team. It goes to the youth teams, uh, the director of football, head of recruitment, they're all working in tandem. They're not just signing players because this one is available. They're signing him because he's available, one, two, he can play club system. If he can't play the system, they can train him to play that system. The, the, the ability to Train that system is there. It's not always gonna be be hit all the time. If you sign ten players, uh, maybe seven will click. Maybe another one will just be there. Maybe another two will be disappointing. But most times, when you have a good structure, where you have a director of football working with the manager, the head of recruitment, the head of the um, UT, everyone working together, and this is what happens because you, these players are taught how to play the club ways from when they. When we're teenagers, so it's easier for them to come in and do a job. Like I said, they might not do it as well as the senior players, but they have the ability. So it's not like they're doing something they're not used to doing already. All right, I like that. I like that response from you. Um, Poch, oh, what next for Poch? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because I I feel like he's actually. He's he's quite underperformed with just the 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 players that he has, like uh just the quality. I mean, obviously, let's like the conversation about uh yeah, the actual allocation of funds and if this was like the right way to spend. I mean, we're just talking about it, I think 300 million on just three players. So I mean Mudrick, uh, uh Enzo and Kaiseido are all over 100 million. And yeah, it's, it's 300 million on, on just those guys, and then that's not even talking about you know Disasi and Badiashile and uh Gusto and Nkunku and you know players like this. So obviously, like financially, it's been a it's been a, a big disgrace. Uh 
and also for Chelsea, I mean, for Chelsea's management, not not especially Poch, but for Chelsea's like management, I think the, the fact that they've spent this much money and obviously they've lost to a side that is ostensibly, you know, Liverpool's on the 18 side is is a big indictment on, you know, their the the, the project, so to speak. But like the thing is, once you the the, the problem with, with what they've done and which is why I mean, it's actually not done in football a lot. Is because well, no, you can't move them on because you got a lot of people on on six, seven, eight year contracts, and it's like nobody who who buys them out of their contracts. First of all, like nobody's going to do that because they've been poor, and so the, you got players that are going to be there just you know for the, till twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine, on you know sixty k, seventy k, hundred k, whatever, one twenty k, whatever, and you can't move them on. So you you you're, you if you start Pochettino. You're kind of um, uh, resigning yourself to the fact that okay, I'm going to have to keep like signing and uh, sacking and resacking managers because I cannot move the players on, and I feel like um, they don't want to do that. They feel like uh, they, they look like a side that uh, I'm talking about um, uh, the management. They look like a, a a team of people that have said, okay, we've gotten rid of one, we've gotten rid of Tuko, we've gotten rid of Graham Potter. We don't want to get rid of another one because, like, then it's just it, it becomes more of a shit show than it is right now, and I think that is what they don't want to do. I, I feel like they they give up the impression of the people that want to kind of preserve the optics of you know uh, good managers, a, a, a good system uh, that they have in place in Chelsea, even though it's not. So what that looks like for Pochettino is that he's going to stay probably at least to the end of the season. I don't think they're going to sack him end of the season, and it, the season is just going to peter out. Is going to be poor because from him, like for himself, for in, in terms of his own like actual coaching and management, has been poor. But like he's going to stay because, like I said, I don't think the the the, the top people at, at Chelsea would want to keep uh, cutting and changing managers. Uh, for next season, that's another thing because if they had won today, then they'll be in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they'll be in the Europa League. Uh, but they're not going to be in any European competition right now. And I, I, they have like what 30, 30, 31 players, you know, first team players uh, in their side. So what that looks like next season is it, it remains to be seen, you know. But it, sorry, just got a call. It remains to be seen, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I cannot, I, don't, I cannot predict what happens next season. But for this season, definitely, I don't think uh, Pochettino gets sucked. Okay, well, let's shift to let's shift to the Premier League. Um. Man, you have considered 100 shots in the last five games and they haven't played, they've not played royalty. Maybe the closest to a, a good side has been Aston Villa, but they haven't played Premier League royalty this season. And yet they don't look, they, they don't look like they can control any form of game. No games are being controlled. They, they've looked uh, all over the place, you know, they've removed Casemiro, brought in Brack. Um, Menu seems to be carrying the load in the midfield. They've been winning, but against against um, Fulham, I don't know. They didn't play well. They didn't deserve to win. And Fulham had 22 shots yesterday, and our two Ninja boys, you know, won the game for Fulham. Um, Lisa, what say you about that? I mean, it, it that's how United has been this season. Um, even probably last season, but at least we could see some, you know, sweet football along the way. But this season, yeah, it's been very, I don't know, it's been worse. Um, so United is sixth, and if you check how we've played so far, I do not think we should even be in that position right now. And you still ask yourself, how, how bad are the orders that United is sixth? How bad are they? And <laughs> is the Premier League is it looking competitive at all? Is it no? Is it even good enough this season? If United is sixth, and you know the others, where are they? Why are they not competing? I mean, what happens to them? Because United is be looking that bad. Um, so many questions needs to be asked. I really don't know what Tenag does in training. I don't know who. The people he works alongside, I don't know what they come together to do in training. But when they come to play, it's it's not looking good at all. We are considering, like, <laughs> after Luton Town, like, it is, we're the ones, I think this is Manchester United for crying out loud. 
were the ones that faced more shots. More shots. So, <laughs> what does that tell you? That we're not good enough. No, we're not good enough. If, okay, if players are injured, that should be, I mean, that should not be an excuse. I get that, you know, of course, injuries are also part of the game. If you look at that Fulham um, side, they also were missing players, but they dominated us. They came to Old Trafford. There was a time when, when Old, Old Trafford used to be like a fortress. I mean, days of um, Ole, you know, Mourinho, I don't know, but Ole, I mean, I could, I can't speak for that one. We were actually confident enough that when you come to Old Trafford to play, you you will not win. The least you can get is a draw. But now it's looking like I don't. I think we've had like seven losses or eight at Old Trafford this season alone. I'm not even talking about a will. And these losses, yeah, they've been terrible. We've been highly dominated. Look at Fulham. Fulham that they've not. Fulham has not. I mean, the last time they came to Old Trafford to win a game was in maybe 2003 or so. But we allowed them, you know, dominate us. We are, as in, it was really bad. The lineup was terrible. I don't know. Maybe uh, you, you, he thought that giving uh, Omar Fossey a chance to come in, you know, from the academy and all. But you're not club. You're not Liverpool. No, it cannot work. I mean, try Ahmad. Why, did you, why is Ahmad in the team if you can't play him? Okay, I get that you sidelined uh, Anthony. But play Ahmad now. Yeah, I'm I was just going to say, the funny thing about United games is that, like, they actually all kind of follow the same pattern, which is the, the Kenya have been, like, drumming on for, like, I don't know, well, since the beginning of the season, since, actually, I think the first game or the first couple of games was against Wolves, and I think it was very disappointing, like, from a neutral point of view, watching United, because, like, I felt like it was, I think that day it was Kenya and, uh, I can't remember, it was two other Portuguese guys, yeah. But they were just running like through United United's midfield, and I think you have like ten or ten uh, situations in the game where it's like three against two or three against three or four against three, and it's like always just facing like United's backline like free of charge, like there's nobody like blocking their accounts, and that was happening in in November, and that's happened. I mean, with Wolves it happened, but I was like, I saw that game and I was like, Wolves are not going to score just because they don't have quality. In the final third, but if they are, if the the point between actually reaching the box, they are, they are always had opportunities to do that. And Fulham as well, like they were just running through the midfield. I, actually, I think United have probably been better this past couple of weeks in terms of like actually creating chances and like uh, yeah, being on on in in attacking positions. But the problems that they were facing earlier in the season, where they cannot really stop transitions, they are still facing it right now. And I don't know. Like why uh, Ten Hag hasn't done anything to make you guys better out of possession? It's very, it's very, uh, it's very confusing to me. Hey, why? Please, your final thoughts on United? Uh well, I mean, Lisa said it all. I think, um, like I always said, I, it's not about the loss itself; it's about the performance. And even when we had a four-game winning streak, which I don't, I don't know what's special about a four-game winning streak. To be honest, I've seen teams go on. 18, 19, you know, man, you go on a four-game winning streak and we're all like, oh, Eric Tenag is this, Eric Tenag is that. In those four games, there was no single game we dominated. Even when we beat Wolves, uh, last-minute goal for Meno, we didn't dominate that game. Uh, against Luton last week, uh, we scored two... The first goal was basically gifted to, to, to Oiland. The the second one, uh, instinctive goal. Let's give him that, but it wasn't because of any tactical uh, gameplay. You know what I mean? Uh, Ganacho hit a shot, and uh, Oilon moved his chest, and that's it. It's not like we had ten passes from the back that you can say, okay, this is something of the of the training pitch. The problem is this is the nineteenth month. I think there is still no pattern of play. And now it's not about the injuries because then initially there was this huge injury crisis, especially at the back. But now the only person missing in the back is Shaw. And it's not like we played City. If we played City, yeah, I know. City, the better side, you might have to take the back foot. But without Shaw against Fulham, Fulham without Palinia, without Willian, without uh, Jimenez, I mean, even if we're going to lose, I expect a performance. You know what I mean? I expect to see us dominating possession, creating chance. Let us know we lost because, wow, 
the the Fulham goalie saved what five chances, two two shots hit the bar, something like that. But unfortunately, Fulham deserved the win. That, that's just saying the truth. So I don't know when. Look, I'm not I'm not someone that would say, oh, this manager should be sacked. But 19 months now, come on, like come on. I mean, let's let's see a proper pattern of play. We just talked about <laughs> Liverpool now. We just talked about Liverpool now that had, you know, practically the whole team out. And the young guys came in and they still followed the same pattern. They, even if they lost, we would have been here giving them a round of applause. Even if they lost. So, what's the problem at United? And these are not exactly... We have experienced players here. Casemiro has been rubbish all season, I'm sorry to say. Rubbish. Total rubbish. He's the first person that should be out of the door. It's Casemiro. Because this is the guy that has won the Champions League like four or five times, coming from Real Madrid. But look at what he's giving us. He's, he comes, he comes, he resumes the season overweight, so unprofessional. He can't run. He just dives into tackles brainlessly. Like it's it's ridiculous. He should be the first one out of the door. And you look at Anthony. Well, he didn't play. He didn't start yesterday. So I think let's excuse him for let, let's let's leave him out of this one. I mean, it's all over the park. Rashford. Just goes clubbing anytime he's free, gets on the pitch, he's bigger than everybody else, doesn't track back. Why why is Eric Tenard playing Lindelof as the left back when he can play Dalo at the left back? Dalo played left back for AC Milan for a whole year. Play Lindelof on the right and let Dalo play on the left. It's just common sense. Like, I don't, but, I don't know. Dalo has been great on the right, actually. But Dalo, that, that's yeah. not the point. He's great on the right, but you're, you're leaving your left exposed. That's the point. Lindelof is not a left back. Dalo can play left back. Lindelof can play right back. That's a better balance. So it's either you bring in some youth player to play the left and you play Dalo on the right, or you put you someone that can play... What? I heard he loaned Alvaro Fernandez. What's that his name? Yeah, he loaned Alvaro Fernandez. There's another one he loaned out. Or he sold. I don't know. So now we're stuck with... And there's no Malaysia. And then he returned um, Regulon. Like, exactly. All these decisions just, just, just comes across as... Like, there's no... There's, there's a lack of common sense somewhere. From the boardroom... To, to the to the coaching bench, there's something wrong. Someone, some someone is someone has lost something upstairs. I don't know who. I don't know what's going. But to nitpick, so that we move on to other conversations, to nitpick for that left back position, you cannot, you cannot, you can't envisage that three, four left backs will be injured or two, three left backs. So you can't keep on. Like I said, why is Dalo not playing left back? That's why I said, look, play left, play Lindelof left. Left, left back against Man City next week, and I, I'm telling you, you're gonna get four. It's the truth. You're gonna get four. Well, okay, let's I'm let's let's. Pep, let's, Pep, let's, Pep, is, just, Pep is just gonna put. He's just gonna put Doku there. That's it. Game over. <laughs> you know it. You you can you. That is Fulham. That's Fulham. That is not that good now. You make it sound like Dalo is good defensively. He's not that good too. Yeah, but Dalo is still better at the left. Than Lindelof at the left. That's what I'm. Look, you can't just look. Let me, this I'm is what I'm trying to say. Okay, look. You know what? Let, let's do it. Let, let's do this mathematically. Dalo is six over ten right back, right, and five over ten left back, right. Lindelof is five over ten right back, three over ten left back. So any any manager that has common sense is going to put Dalo on the left where he's five over ten and put Lindelof on the right where he's five over ten. Not put someone that's three over ten on the. This is football. It's tactical. The first thing the manager is, going, the opposing manager is going to notice is that Lindelof is struggling, and he's just going to put a runner there. It's simple. That's why I said if he tries it against Pep next week, he will be exposed. The only thing that will save him is maybe if Alan is not informed, and we, we know Alan is always informed against Man United. Always and for always. So let him try it next week. He's a tactical genius. Put Lindelof on the left. Be my guest. I'll remind you all next week. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Olajego has been itching to talk about his boys that are scoring fours and fives. Take it away. Uh, in the Premier League, or is this Premier League discussion or Champions League? Yeah, yeah. Premier League. Then, then we'll touch on the Champions League conversation too. With the same, just answer the Premier League one first. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Saturday was, was, was it Saturday? Today's Sunday, yeah. Saturday was pretty good. Um, the, the team lost on, on, uh, on Thursday, well, Wednesday, beg your pardon. Uh, we'll get into it. They, they were, they were not good. And they kind of had a, a bone to pick, uh, with, with Newcastle in regards to the whole, like, um, ball in play thing that happened at, uh, St. James's the other day. So they were, they were kind of like fired up, and uh, yeah, they 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 showed that during the game. I really don't like Newcastle, man. I, I think as a just you know by default, I don't like Manchester United and I don't like Chelsea because you know they are they are rivals. But like the two teams I I actively hate that are not active rivals is Newcastle and West Ham because they are just they are, they they play a rough aggressive brand of football, and I, I just I really don't like them. So I was really happy with this. With this performance, huh? Because you know how to take points, you know, of Arsenal when mm. when as you know. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah, especially Newcastle. Yeah. Well, Newcastle haven't won Arsenal in like uh, well, like eight, we, we've beaten yeah. us. We've beaten Newcastle uh, eighteen out of twenty-two times. This so, was like our head-to-head is is pretty good. It's just a couple of games that we've lost that. Uh, we we've lost one at uh, New uh, St James's Park, and then I think we lost uh, two seasons ago when we were fighting for top four. I think that was two zero, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, uh, so this game was pretty good, and uh, I I think from the first minutes, like we were on it, like our press was really high. Harvest had a really good game. Um, Jorginho came into this game, and like Jorginho has you know um, performances like this where he just comes against opposition. That you know you would ex- you would think that oh they're going to like run him off the park because Georgina is slow and not really he 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 controls everything he sits at the base and it was Declan Rice that was a little bit like advanced like almost in the yeah number ten position uh, I guess a little bit to the left so like left eight left ten whatever but it was up it was in front of Jorginho and he was really pressing high really pressing on on uh, Guimaraes and didn't allow him to turn. And everything was just very good in that first half. And well, in the second half as well, but especially in the first half, uh, we didn't allow them like have um a, a sniff. And it was it was good. I mean, like the 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 team, I think uh th- this this season, um I, especially like in this part of the year, this 2024, we've kind of like gotten into the groove of of you know just taking our chances, chance creation, and like uh yeah, just being intense from the off. And it's pretty good because I feel like I mean, not even just what I felt. I think everybody could see it. I think that December period was pretty poor. We lost three times. Uh, we we drew to Liverpool. We beat Brighton, and then we lost against West Ham. We lost against Villa, and we lost against Fulham. Uh, so it was pretty poor. It was a pretty poor period. But we've 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 come back this this part of the year. We've we've been pretty good. Saka has gone to a, a different level in terms of like his 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 scoring, his shooting. Uh, Martinelli has been a little bit off. Off uh, on the fringes, but I think this game was amazing. Uh, Harvest was really good as well, as I mentioned. Jorginho was good. Uh, Rice was good, and yeah, it was just a it was it was a dominant performance from start to finish, and uh, yeah, very very good. Can't complain. And yeah, we we uh, we going to um, the next round of fixture. I think we're playing Sheffield next. Uh, something something. I can't remember what we have, uh, but I know for sure. Uh, End of end of March, we're playing um we're playing uh, Man City, so we really need to kind of rack up the points. Uh, well, before then and huh? no, no, we got knocked out. We got knocked out by by Liverpool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. I don't. Okay, <laughs> like you guys have ever got played then? Like yeah, you had to you had to remind him of that. <laughs> I didn't forget. I don't. Why about laughing, bro? Like I, I mean, I mean, I mean, the run for for two trophies, man. You guys can have the FA Cup, man. I'm cool. But, but, <laughs> don't worry but, about it. We know, we know your chances of winning any of them is no, no, no. That's the thing. So we, yeah. I know you, you, that's you it. think that you know our chance of winning are small. I know for sure that you have no chance of winning any of them. So how about that? Okay. So yeah, yeah exactly. You know, no, but, 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 but we're still in the FA Cup though, so you can't really just say that. But yeah, the, uh, onto onto um the, the next round of games. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously, this this is a funny one because like this this title race is pretty close. I mean, is the difference in first and, and third is two points, and all of them are pretty much on the same amount of of goal difference. So, yeah, it really just comes down to 
I think the heads to heads between the t- the three sides. I think Liverpool is playing City uh at the Etihad, if I'm not mistaken. Um Arsenal is going to the Etihad as well. So yeah, it's pretty much going to come down to, to those games. Obviously, there's gonna be I mean, all the other teams also have some big games. I think Arsenal is playing definitely playing United. We're playing Tottenham. Uh, I think Liverpool still have Tottenham to play. Um, I think City, well, City are playing United well next weekend, and uh, they well Liverpool as well, and and Arsenal. So yeah, it's just a, a lot of head-to-head games, but we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it's a it's a tight one, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire, and like whoever wins it, I think is probably the one that is going to perform the best in those big games because yeah, it can take points, direct points of your opponents, then. You have a, you stand a great chance of winning. Okay, all right. Um, City continues to win. They they had to grind out a one 0 result against um, Bournemouth. Their second away clean sheet of the season. Normally, we know City to be defensively solid, but this is their back four, back three thingy. It's not it's not been looking as fluid as it was last season. I think it surprised everybody. Everybody was like, okay, what's 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 really going on? But um John Stone's back is it's just it's just a breath of fresh air to them, especially because he can do that hybrid role of playing as a center half and a DM. And sometimes he was even drive playing almost like an eight in that game. It was fascinating to see the tactical fluidity of what um Pep can do. Um let's I want to shift over to to Dortmund. I say to Dortmund to Germany to talk about um the young man, Jabi Alonso, they break the record this weekend, 33 games and counting without a loss. Um, ja- I think Jaka scored his first goal of the season. Congratulations to him. Um, AY, what say you about um, um, Jabi Alonso and Bayern Leverkusen? Uh, well, I mean, they... I mean, they... They now they they were eleven points clear on Friday, but it's now back to eight because uh, Bayern won yesterday, and um, with uh, with thirty three straight games without defeat, they set a new record for a Bundesliga club. So it was a it was a great game. They they won thanks to uh, Robert Aldrich's um, sixty eight minute goal. Uh, they scored first through Granit Saka, like you rightly said. Yeah, he had a very funny celebration where he pretended like he pulled his armstring. That was real funny. And um, Dominic Cole, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly though. He he, he equalized for Mainz. Uh, but you know, they, they Leverkusen had held on, and like I said, they're now eight points clear. Uh, that's because as of yesterday, Bayern Munich. Uh, beat Leipzig 2-1. Two goals from, you know, Harry Kane, including the last minute, well, 91st minute goal. Uh, Benjamin Sisko with the with the goal for Leipzig. So, Bayern, uh, finally, they finally won after, I think, three or four games, you know, without a win uh, in all competitions. Three-game losing run uh, in all competitions that um, I believe Leverkusen, Lazio, and weather Bremen last week. So, uh, of course, in midweek, it was announced that uh, Tuchel will be leaving at the end of the season. Um, what that tells me is that um, whoever Bayern are looking to hire is not going to be available to the summer, which means it's probably uh, Zabi Alonso, uh, Ruben um, Amorim, or someone at a job right now. You get what I mean? So... Because if the person is not working right now, then they could just sack Tuchel and just bring the person in, right? So the person is definitely employed or not available to do something. I believe they're employed. I mean, some people are saying it could be, even be club. But we shall see about that. So that's uh, the Bundesliga for you. I don't think any other result is as important as those two. Uh, Dortmund, uh, I don't, they've not played yet. Oh, they should be playing right now. They've uh, played. They played. I think oh, they lost. Either a draw oh, okay. a loss. Yeah, something. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just checked that they lost three two. Yeah, they lost three two. That's another roller coaster club. So I think the title is going to be between Leverkusen and Bayern. Anyway, every other person is just fighting for third. 
Okay. Um, I, I was going to say, I think uh, Xavi would do poorly to go to Bayern, actually. I think he should stay at uh, Leverkusen. Kind of. <laughs> I don't think I don't I think, think so, man. I think because I think what they're in the Europa League this season. I think he would do well to kind of like, yeah, have a season in the Champions League with the side, and perhaps the the season afterwards he can go to a uh, Madrid. But I, yeah, I, I does it, it doesn't work that way. I I don't know because it's Leverkusen at the end of the day. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not. This is happening because yeah, Zabaloso is good. The band are having are they having a rough season. Next season, Bayern will just go and spend another two two hundred million bucks, and then even probably take some Leverkusen players. <laughs> you know how it is. So it seems like Leverkusen. This is the best you can get. This is like when Klopp was at Dortmund, but of course a bit different because Dortmund were already a bit strong. They were already Champions League team and all that. But that was the ceiling. After he got got them to the Champions League final, the second season he won the league. They went down, and he had to leave. So. And of course, like it's also it also depends on the offers out there. You know what I mean. Uh, of course, the Liverpool job is available, but it doesn't mean it's going to be offered to Zabi. If it's offered to him and he has the choice to pick between Leverkusen, Bayern, and Liverpool, I don't think he's going to stay at Leverkusen. It's it's not happening. It's not happening. And with how well he has done, I don't think he's not going to get an offer. I, no, I no, think, no. I'm not. I, I yeah. think there's there we are a bonus of offers for him. But yeah. like, I'm I'm talking about like, I don't know, man. I, I'm the, the way I see. It, I I don't think like, obviously this is that is a career at the end of the day. So they do yeah. want career progression. But I, yeah. as well as that, they also it's also like there's there's the thing about you know building legacy with the club that I think I don't think Leverkusen has ever won the the Bundesliga. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think so too. I don't um, think. So. They call them Neverkusen. Yeah, yeah, they've they've never won yeah. it. So like, imagine winning. Uh, well, I, I think they are hundred percent going to win it this season, and uh, having another season with this club, just uh, you know, going seeing how, what you can do in in the Champions League against the best sides. The the the, the Madrid offer is probably going to be there whenever like he he wants to take it because I think, I mean, there's the chance that maybe Ancelotti stays one more season and then the, he now goes afterwards. Uh, but like I, I don't see why there should be a rush to go after winning with Leverkusen, then go join a Bayern, for example. Like where's the fun in that? Okay, let me quickly give you an example of, of something that happened that is quite similar to what we're talking about now. Who remembers Claudio Ranieri at Leicester City? Now, that season, Le- Leicester City achieved something they had never achieved before. In fact, it's probably the, the biggest story ever. If you know what I mean, like they were nowhere. They were they came from relegation the year before. They stayed in the league, and then they won the league, right? Ranieri stayed, and he got sacked the next season. It it, it didn't matter that he was a legend, but it's not the same thing though. But that's it's, it's no, similar. It's not, it, no, Leverkusen it's not the same good. thing because because okay. the players the players that the players that Leicester had, you kind of feel like. I mean, they had at the back. They had uh, yeah, those players that uh, Robert Huth. They want great players. Ulu Ashe we need two Ulu good Ashe players. Ashe that, well, they have three good Ulu players. Ashe those some of those players are gonna go. You do realize that, right? And, you uh, do realize. You do realize that if Chelsea comes with fifty million for Frimpong, he's going. You do realize that, right? You do know that if someone comes with hundred million for Florian Wirtz, wait, it's gone. You know that. Yeah, yeah, but like. <laughs> Even yeah, even now, Victor these Boniface. Guys, these guys are not going to stay. Oh, Boniface. These guys are, are not going to stay because you know it's a, it's their career. They're not going to stay if a good offer comes. They're going to go. Which is is that not what even happened at Leicester City? I think someone came in and took uh, a couple of players off them. It's going to happen. So it's it, it best to leave. Personally, I think you should just go to Bayern because if it goes to Bayern, Bayern are so low right now. If you can go there, spend some money, go deep in the Champions League, win, you'll definitely win Bundesliga maybe once or twice. Then you can go to Real or you go, go to Liverpool. Because whoever is going to replace club is going to struggle. It's going to struggle. So personally, I, I think that'd be... It's a, it's a review job. I wouldn't do that. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. Bayern looks like a, a, the easy club to go to right now because you know Bayern is going to spend more than they are low right now. So if he goes to Bayern and says, oh, I want you guys to spend 
150 million bucks. They will give him because they're pretty low. And yeah. we know Bayern is they are the best in Germany anyway. So he's probably going to win the Bundesliga next season and win it the next the second season too. So that way he cements his status as you know an European elite coach. If he goes to Liverpool, I don't know. I'm not saying he's not a good coach, but the next person no, no, that is going to take over Liverpool is a different. It's a different yeah. environment. It's a rebuild yeah. job at Liverpool. It's a rebuild like, job. So, yeah. So they will probably leave so, at the end of the season. So you're losing. Uh, yeah. Their best player. So yeah, I don't know. So it's it left to me. You should just stay at, go to Bayern. Let Liverpool hire Liverpool. Liverpool will try to hire him and all that. But personally, I think you should just stay at Bayern. <laughs> if he stays at Bayern for the next two years, he can go to Liverpool. He can go to Man City if Pep has left. He can go to Real Madrid if Ancelotti has left. He, he will cement his. You know, he will become this European elite coach. But if he goes to Liverpool now and he flops, that's it. He's going to start, everybody's going to start looking at him like, okay, one flop, one flop. <laughs> Where does he go next? PSG, another flop, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, still in the conversation of managers. Um, quick one, Lisa. Would you take... Would you take the great because he's becoming a very great coach? Um, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with Simeon Inzaghi. Would you take him at Manu? Simeon Inzaghi of Inter Milan. Yeah, I I don't know honestly. Um, because this player, sorry, because this coach is will come now and then. I mean, I am um, was really doing well at Ajax, where you know we're all hyped. You know, we're really happy that you know this guy will come to Maya and make a difference. I don't know if the Premier League is actually tough or some. No, but I wouldn't say tough because club came and he did well. Even Pep came too and he did well as well. So I really don't know. But I think if if that's what we're looking to but as long as it's not an egg anyways, I'll take I'll take I'll take I'll take him or I'll take them. I won't take um, you know, um Jabi Alonso. Oh okay. All right. Um well fa- fascinating inter one four nil against Lecce. It's it, it, first half it was competitive, second half now, nothing. I want to shout out to this kid that came from, from Nigeria that made his debut, Ebenezer Akin so Akin I wanted it's a big shout out. Um a coach I worked under, um coach um, Olumide, he's the one that groomed him. So they left a particular club called Beyond Limits. It's somewhere in somewhere in Nigeria, somewhere in southwest Nigeria. That that's where Coach Olimide is now, and they were able to pick him up last year. So uh, you know, Inter played so well that they could bring up a, an eighteen-year-old midfielder, and he he looked okay. It looked it looked okay, but shout out to Inter for winning four 0 It's it's looking like a procession, Olashagun, right? The Syria. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I didn't, I didn't catch the the this game uh, against Lecce, but I I saw, I watched the whole of uh, the game that they played last week. I think it was against uh, Salernitana, and uh, they are really good. I mean, they are really, really good. Uh, Lautaro, I, the one they, they played against Salernitana, I think that was when uh, Lautaro got his twentieth goal um, of of the season or, or something along those lines. And yeah, they're just they are, they are really well all side. I think we talked about them a couple of weeks ago with uh, you know Chana Loglu as well, and uh, the fact that he's dropped deeper. I think he had an interview in the week that he was talking about. I, I can't remember the exact quotes, but he basically he basically said something along the lines of, "Yeah, he's probably like the the best, uh, yeah, ten slash deep line playmaker, whatever." Like in, in wasn't the world wait, wait, right wait, what, what wasn't he wasn't he misquoted? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound like something like a footballer would say, but like that's what exactly. I saw that he said. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do my due diligence to confirm uh, if he actually said that. But uh, if he did, though, like uh, I, I don't think he did. But like uh, the the point is more like he he's probably he's he's close enough to to that level. He's pretty good. Mkhitaryan has revived his career there. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy for them, and I hope they get it because like. Uh, yeah, like 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 you mentioned, they have a they have a really good coach. I think I, I like the I like what he does out of possession. It's funny because like I, I know he plays a similar style to a, a manager that a team that is escaping my mind now. But like he's three at the back, uh, Kenny. It's very similar to a team I've seen before, and I can't quite remember who. 
But anyways, uh, they're pretty good. Also, I I I know why uh AY kind of likes Bastoni over Saliba because like I've I've watched the guy, and the reason why I think is that he he has an excellent excellent range of passing. Oh, now you see my point. <laughs> no, but that's no no no. Like I said, like I've said before, man, I really don't mind. Like another person being being good, man. Like uh, Aston is not going to have monopoly over good players. So if Bastoni is good, Bastoni is good. But uh, I see his quality, man. I see like he's he's passing, like he pings the ball with exceptional accuracy, and he, he gets forward as well. So sometimes he kind of plays, you know, he, he bombs off the pitch, kind of plays like a left back um, at, at times in, in in terms of like you know adding to the attack. I I I see that in terms of like you know what he brings from an attacking point of view, but the reason why I still like would go over a Saliba is because of like uh, uh, I just think the calmness of of Saliba and like obviously like the the um, what, what's the term I'm looking for in terms of like just protecting space in, in defensive positions and like marshalling space well enough. I think Saliba does it. I think to so an exceptional level, but uh, I I do not mind uh, a Bastoni because. I think his his passing is definitely, uh, definitely, definitely, probably better than uh than than the Saliba, uh. But yeah, I mean, these are just they are minute details. So I, I wanted to mention that. So it'd not be like ah, Tegu is is on on uh, uh yeah, is it, partial. Like I'm, I'm watching and I'm being impartial to uh, yeah, what what is in front of me. So yeah. <laughs> okay all right um I, well let's 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 shift from okay let's talk about Vla, vlahovic real quick and uh, fact, that second was just so sick like the finish was ruthless man um um lisa would you take him in your teams let me start with you then lisa uh 100% 100% i've i've been i've been saying so there's a there's a account I follow that he had like a poll, and uh, it was basically like talking about like all the the midfielders, the strikers that you take uh, Arsenal, and you know they were they were names like you know uh, Oshiman, there was uh, Valahovic, there was Tony because you know Arsenal is kind of like in the in the race for Tony. There was a uh, Zexi from Daespin uh, at uh, um, this uh, Thiago Motta's team, Bologna. Okay, um, Bologna. Yeah, okay. Bologna. Yeah, he's been he's been really good, and I think last was uh Sesco. I think Sesco is at uh uh Leipzig, Leipzig. and uh, yeah. Gilkeres, who is at uh, Lisbon, and that's kind of like the names that have been uh kind of bandied about in terms of like yeah strikers for for at least for Arsenal, and for me like for me oh yeah the last one was was Isak, and for me the top of my list is is definitely I I, I put it there the top is uh, is Vlaovic for me because I think his shooting. Like his his accuracy from from just a precision as, as a striker, he gets his shot off. And like I, I play striker, you know, like and I'm not uh, uh it's not the same level, but I think one thing that you can kind of like um see across across all levels of football, like when you're playing strikers, you have to get you have to think to yourself that I'm going to get four or five shots a game, and uh, all these other man like. Maybe perhaps like they may be, I don't know, maybe more accurate or better in the air or better or whatever. But none of them are like doing the thing that I feel like all good strikers should do, which is five shots in the game, or on average five shots in the game, like the way Vlahovic does. And he gets his shots off every single game. And for me, like that's the like best thing that he can do as a striker. And then on top of like actually getting a good volume of shots off, he's pretty accurate with it, and he has very good ball striking. So for me, like in terms of strikers, he's definitely the top of my list. I think the next for me was uh was Isak, then Zexe, uh, then Osimen, and then Tony. I think Tony is probably bottom for me. But yeah, uh top is, is definitely Blaovic. I, I love his, his his play as a striker. And I think like if he came to an Arsenal side and he's getting, you know, you know, five, six chances a game. Well, not that, but you know what I mean? Like a, a good number of chances a game. I think he's hitting. 20, 25 goals, and that's yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of what the, the team needs. So, yeah, get him in, Lisa. Um, yeah, I mean, with the qualities that Ulua, um, sorry, Ulua described that Vlavi, you know, possesses, I would want him, but we already have um, 
already have Oyland. And even if my child, sorry, my child leaves, even if my child leaves, we would need somebody that would, like a second um, striker, not a first, you know, because we already have Oyland. So I the only <laughs> the only reason why it will come is, you know, to be our first, you know, striker. And that's going to be a problem. It's going to it is going to hinder um Oyland's growth. And Oyland is just twenty one, and we can see how good the guy is. I mean, how um impressive he can be on his day. Um, I I don't know. I don't think it's realistically. I don't think it will it will work. You know, him coming to United because he cannot settle to be our second striker now. You know. No, I don't think so. Maybe we'll just go for... And it's going to be very expensive. So maybe we'll just go for someone that is less expensive. But yeah, if it were up to me, I'll take him. I'll take him. But it's, it's not going to happen. Oh, okay. Okay, let's wrap up with what's happening in La Liga. Um, Barcelona won 4-0. You know, they looked very classy. Um, They, they, they played well in the Champions League, you know. Should I say stoic, disciplined, hard, hard-nosed Getafe? It was it was a very crazy performance, very thorough performance. But I want I want I want to highlight one kid, Kubasi. You know, Barcelona keep on churning out all these nice central midfielders, attackers. But uh, he left back in Alejandro Mbalde. But this kid Kubasi looks like man, he knows what he's doing. His range of passing is very impressive. He's played at the left. LCB now he's playing RCB and he's putting up a show. He's 16, 17. He's about six foot three. And it seems like he could still grow maybe an inch or two. Um Barcelona is just really um Javi is putting up a show to you know towards the end of the season. Yes, he's going at the end of the season. He said he's going. Do you think um AY, did you think that that was a very um is does that look like a very should I say um emotional decision for him to go at the end of the season because they've since then they've actually been playing quite well uh i think there's so many things involved yes i get the emotional part i mean when you i uh one of the greatest ever players it's always going to be an emotional thing there especially when he doesn't really have the uh necessary qualifications it's not like xavi had a at the CV of coaching, say, Robert, Sevilla, you know, Porto or something like that. He came from Qatar. So based on CV alone, I, I'm coaching CV, I mean, not football generally, he didn't deserve the job. That's one. So it was an emotional decision. That's one. Two, uh, if you remember vividly, uh, Zavi was not um, the first choice of Laporta, right? Zavi was the choice of was the first choice of the other candidate that ran against Laporta. It was the other candidate that kept saying, I'm gonna hire Javi. I'm gonna hire Javi. If you remember, uh don't forget back there, I believe the manager was uh Runakuman, I think. And everyone was just oh Runakuman is awful, this and that. If you remember vividly. So the first problem was CV. Second problem was he wasn't really the candidate of Laporta. Now uh, he got away with it in the first season because everything went well. Real Madrid collapsed and uh, Barcelona won the title. But this season, things have been a lot more difficult. Uh, gameplay has been poor. Uh, they've had lots of injuries. Uh, Lewandowski has not been been in form, uh, which 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 makes you wonder why they signed him in the first place. Because, like I said back then, if you don't have money. Like if you're in a financial situation, uh, doldrum, and you need to build your your team, you shouldn't be signing players of Lewandowski's stature. You should sign young players that earn less and have more resale value. So you sign, for example, if Ferran Torres for let's say fifty million pounds, and then you give him a five-year, six-year contract. If he flops. In three years, you could still sell him and get 30 million back. But when you sign someone like Lewandowski for that amount, and then you give him, you know, 300,000 a week salary, a four year contract, by the time he gets to his third year, he's cooked. You're not going to get 10 million for him right now based on his salary. You know, so it's just too short term thinking. There was this short term thinking going into the decisions of 
Laporta and this is the result of it because now you have a season where those kids were struggling, but they couldn't even sign anyone. They couldn't sign anyone. Even some of the players they signed, they had to put the... You, you wonder why there's so many youths in the team. It's because they can't sign players. And because you don't need to... It's, it's easier to register youth players. If you know what I mean. So there's a reason why these problems are there. So when someone like Xavi, you know, in that kind of situation, he's, he, you know, his hands are tied, and uh, Barcelona is a very, it's a very emotional club. Barcelona is one club I know that the old region of um, Catalonia look up to. So it's 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 a very it's a high pressure job. We've seen great managers go there and just get get swallowed by by the emotions there. Managers like Louis Van Gaal, Bobby Robson, and Co. It's it's a very difficult club to manage because it's like a whole nation on its own. So I'm not surprised that. Um, Xavi has, has struggled to cope with this because while the, the likes of Louis Van Gaal could cope because they were not Catalonia, right? They could just resign and go back to Holland and enjoy the, their money, right? Xavi is from Barcelona, you know? So it's an emotional thing for even him as a person, as a fan, as a coach, as a former player, back at true and true. It's, it's not going to be easy, so... It's a sad one. That's another job that's available in the summer. Uh, another one we don't know who's going to take over because it's going to be a difficult one because there's no money. And you're going to have the likes of Lewandowski to to deal with, you know? So, like, to answer your question, everything about Barcelona is emotional. And when you add Xavi to the mix, it's all, it's definitely going to be emotional. Um, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, AY. Thank you very much, Ola Shagun. Thank you very much, Lisa. Um, big shout out to Liverpool for winning the Carabao Cup. It's the first major trophy of the season in England, and they put up a show. Thank you very much. This is Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. Um, and good night. Yeah, cheers, guys. Well, good night. All right.